All right, the fantasy football playoffs start in most leagues this week. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by John McKechnie of rotowire.com. All right, John, Monday Night Football, the doubleheader is pretty entertaining last night. Were there any fantasy uh, angles uh, that came out of last night for you? Um, well, let's see. I mean, uh, we can start uh, in, in the Miami-Tennessee uh, game. Um, I, I thought Tajay Spears looked pretty solid overall once he got opportunities, but, but obviously um, wasn't like a huge, huge fantasy day for him. But uh, I, I continue to feel like he's an interesting player maybe going uh, into next year. Um, Nick Westbrook-Akina, like he's capable of, of doing things on occasion, but uh, it, it just as easily seems to go away uh, for him. And, and uh, you know, Will Levis ha- showed a pulse, of course. I mean, that was a phenomenal game from him, the, the best game that he's played uh, since his debut against the Falcons. But, you know, we have, what, two good games and a sample of mu- that's much larger of him being uh, middling to, to below average. So take that uh, for, for what you will going into this week's game. Um, and then on, on the Miami side, I mean, we, we saw uh, just just how impactful uh, Tyreek Hill is on that offense. With him getting dinged up on, on that tackle and not really being himself for the rest of the game, the rest of the Miami offense mostly, uh, you know, fluttered. Uh, they got two gift touchdowns in the fourth quarter to go up by two touchdowns, but they really were uh, on balance, outplayed for the majority of the evening is disappointing to, to, you know, not see a guy like Jalen Waddle, like really step up into that number one role uh, without Tyreek Hill. Um, So that was a little bit tough. I I thought um, as far as uh, the Packers giants game goes, first of all, way more entertaining than I think anyone could have expected a lot of fun. I'm I'm starting to believe in this Tommy DeVito kid. I I cannot believe it, Um, but your guy, um, your guy from back in the day. That's right. I mean, I remember him back when he was on Syracuse before he even kind of got yeah. himself on the NFL radar at, at Illinois. So unbelievable mm-hmm. uh, for, for him to turn out the way that he has. He, he made a guy like Wandale Robinson look good last night. I've always been a Wandale fan, but, um, you know, him coming off the ACL as, as a rookie last year, you, you, you know, rightfully a little bit concerned about his utility going into this season, but, but he looked good. I, I don't really put much stock in Isaiah Hodgins catching that touchdown. I, I still think that his uh, week-to-week floor is, is too low to really feel confident starting at this stage of the season. Uh, Saquon Barkley look, looked good uh, outside of that fumble, but that was on uh, the back end of an impressive run. And then uh, the, the Packers, you just got to give it up to them as far as their ability to find receivers in the draft that, that aren't – first-round type of talents. I mean, Jaden Reed looked good. Dontavian Wicks looked good. Um, did, was that even Malik Heath catching the touchdown late in the game? I, I could not believe that also. So, I mean, it, the, the Packers are deep at receiver, but that also kind of hurts us for fantasy, right, because there isn't, like, that right. clear answer on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, no Devontae Adams, uh, which we knew was going on with him every week for years. There we go. <laughs> All right, Justin Jefferson, uh, the number one overall pick in many fantasy leagues, which were seems like it was years ago, but it was only a few months ago, finally returned on Sunday against the Raiders, and after two catches, he left with a new injury, his time a chest injury. Do we expect him to play on Saturday? And Nick Mullins will be the latest uh, pitcher for the Vikings, it appears, this week. Exactly. So that, that to me, is more concerning than, than Jefferson's availability at this stage. Obviously, he did have to, to go to a local hospital uh, to get further evaluation after that chest injury on Sunday. But I think he, he's going to be all right. You hate that it's a short week, though. 
uh, with, with that game coming on, on Saturday. But I, I'm most concerned with the fact that um, the, the Vikings are going to be turning the keys over to, to Nick Mullins. I think attaching uh, any you know fantasy asset to, to him is is a uh, precarious proposition, and and it's it gets tougher when it's a guy like Justin Jefferson, right? Where it's like, well, if he's if he's playing, I, I got to play him, right? But yeah. You're not so sure at this stage. I I have to wonder, and you know, in in some leagues where I where I did have the number all number one overall pick, and I took Jefferson. I in most of those spots where I'm still alive, I have three receivers that I'm comfortable starting over him that this week, given the the uh, context around him, him not being at 100%, him probably not being all the way back up to full speed after that long layoff following the hamstring injury, and then you know, additionally just having the, the brutal quarterback situation, uh, just kind of fouling things up even further. Okay, we'll get back to receivers here in a couple of minutes. Let's get into some running backs. Uh, Josh Jacobs in that same game as Jefferson. He left with a knee injury. They play on Thursday night. Also, Alexander Madison and Jerome Ford were injured over the weekend. So who tops the waiver wire running backs list this week when uh, – you know, somebody might need some desperate moves to, uh, you know, play first-round fantasy games. Exactly. So I, I think that, you know, Kareem Hunt com- comes into the, the picture on the on the Brown side if Ford's unable to go. Ty Chandler is going to be a popular pickup this week. I'm not completely sold on Ty Chandler. I'm not completely sold on this Vikings run game. Generally, I don't think they have a great run-blocking unit to begin with. And I think when you, again, when you have the bad quarterback play, it uh, factored in and you're playing against a, a Cincinnati defense that I know has been very up and down this season, but uh, Lou Anarumo versus Nick Mullins, uh, that's a pretty one-sided fight. Lou Anarumo, the, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, I think he can scheme up some stuff to, to really stifle the, this Vikings attack overall. And, you know, if we run into a situation where the Vikings are trailing, then Chandler's utility basically goes out the window. And you, you fear that, you know, when, when we're kind of in a neutral script, when the game is, is uh, within one possession, uh, that, that even still uh, Chandler could be facing those loaded boxes. So really Chandler's calling card is his speed. If he gets into open space, that then, you know, sure, um, you, you can be interested or, you know, he can – do some things that are useful for fantasy, but I think that the better running back pickup is in this same game. It's Chase Brown of the Cincinnati Bengals. I really like the way that he's been coming on over these last two weeks. I thought he looked awesome in that Monday night game against the Jaguars, had the long touchdown against Indianapolis this past weekend. Um, I've long felt that that the Bengals don't need to just give Joe Mixon 100% of the work, but I also couldn't totally blame them for – uh, you know, taking him off the field and instead of, uh, you know, your Chris Evans or your Trevion uh, Williams is. But I, I think that Chase Brown is a legitimate difference maker as the number two in that Cincinnati backfield. So I do like Chase Brown as, as my favorite running back pickup this week. And, uh, you know, take a look around on your, on your waiver wire because a guy like Antonio Gibson might still be available because mm-hmm. Washington was on a bye this, this past weekend. I noticed that he got dropped in a lot of spots. He was productive in his last game before the bye. And if Brian Robinson's unable to go, uh, Gibson is definitely worth a look as well. Okay. Away from the waiver wire thing, but you know, the Seahawks running back situation with Walker and Charbonnet, both, they, they were both, I think when well, they played, I don't know how healthy they were, but they played them uh, both last Sunday against San Francisco. How should fantasy owners proceed if they have those guys? So it's going to be tough, um, but the Eagles haven't been particularly great uh, defensively. 
um, especially of late, although you, you do have to factor in they've played, you know, fo- like four of the best teams in football over the last uh, five weeks or so. So it, it's been uh, a real meat grinder of a schedule for, for the Eagles. Um, you, you do have the added benefit with, when looking at the Seattle running backs of uh, the extra rest with that game coming on, on Monday night football. Um, Walker, if I were to handicap it, would, would be my, my preferred option in that backfield. And I think if he, assuming that he's active, I think you are starting him with, with you know, uh, mid RB2 type of expectations. And I think with him being back healthy, um, Charbonnet probably falls more into like if you really needed a, a flex consideration. But I know he had the good game a couple weeks ago against the Cowboys, but and I like Charbonnet in, in the long term. But for, for Walker right now, I think he's the guy, and I think Charbonnet more of a change of pace type of guy. And, uh, you know, you're more concerned, I, I suppose, looking at running backs with, with Charbonnet having, having that knee issue going into last week than you are with, with Walker having a little bit of a longer layoff, but the oblique uh, injury probably a little bit less uh, severe, le- less of a hindrance. Uh, when it comes to him playing the position the way that he's capable of. John McKechnie of rotowire.com curling in the sports zone. I mentioned Jefferson. Also, Nico Collins was injured last week. So any uh, desperation wide receiver ideas uh, for this week? Uh, Well, uh, as far as looking at at Houston goes, well, it was just a brutal day all around, right? For, for, um, yeah. For, for the Texans, I mean, C.J. Stroud get, gets injured during the course of that game. So, I mean, that, that obviously put a huge damper on things. That that was a, a funky game just generally. You see the, the line open last week as the Texans minus six and a half, and a lot of people jumped on that thinking like, oh, hey, like, you know, they're playing against the Jets. The Jets are going to score seven points. Like, who cares, right? But um, the, the Texans just went into a, a tough environment. Uh, weather was terrible. And the line moved to, to the Jets only being three and a half point dogs, and that that to me was, was like signal that uh, the, the Texans could be in trouble in that game, and that's what ended up happening ultimately. So with Nico Collins going out, it's a calf injury, right? So that is uh, that's tricky for a receiver to cu- come back on, on a quick turnaround and, and uh, you know make it work. You're going up against the Titans, a divisional opponent, a, a team that you know played pretty well for its own part defensively last night getting up in, in the Dolphins' face, everything like that. So this is not a, a rosy projection, I, I don't think, for, for this um, group of, of Texans wide receivers. If you look down a little bit further, I don't think Noah Brown is capable of carrying an offense. He's a guy that, that you know, is, is kind of uh, one that benefits from guys like Tank Dell previously or Nico Collins or Dalton Schultz attracting defensive attention away from him and then he can he can you know make plays when, when he's open but I don't think he's someone that, that creates necessarily in that offense John Mechie continues to you know kind of work his way back up to full speed from what we saw of him at Alabama but he's clearly uh, not there right now so I, I, I've kind of written him off for, for the rest of this season as in terms of being a factor not really uh, going to get too excited about guys like Robert Woods or even Xavier Hutchinson even though I have a little bit of looming optimism for, for Hutchinson uh, down the road for, for dynasty purposes. But uh, as far as other receivers on the waiver wire, uh, Odell Beckham needs to be picked up in, in every league. I, I don't understand why he's on the waiver wire in a lot of these leagues that, that I'm playing in. Um, he's pretty clearly like the, the best uh, outside weapon that, that the Ravens have at this point. He gets downfield. He looks uh, more and more like himself seemingly every week. You, you get the game in Jacksonville that, this weekend. On Sunday night, I feel like he, he's really primed uh, to have a solid outing 
uh, this coming weekend. Uh, you could, you know, Jahan Dotson is someone that you can you can make the case for. You know, former first rounder had the impressive rookie season last year, but has been extremely up and down this year. But at least uh, when, when you invest in someone like Dotson, um, you can at least assume that the that Washington is going to be putting the ball in the air a ton. Maybe Dotson runs into a handful of those targets, but you're not feeling super optimistic there. Um, so Beckham to me is is the the guy to pick up, and I do feel like. Uh, one of the trendy guys, the rookie, Jonathan Mingo, you know, very similar to what I was saying about the, the Minnesota offense earlier. If you attach a, a receiver to, to Bryce Young, uh, that's not something that I'm particularly interested in fantasy. Targets are great, but, you know, if they don't turn into catches and in, in legit production or, or let alone touchdowns, which they don't in Carolina's case, then, you know, what, what's, the, uh, what's the appeal of the volume in that case? Totally agree with that. Um, I'm not really sure how Bryce Young, even when he has time to throw, is becoming an inaccurate passer, but that's actually happened. All right, on to quarterbacks. Uh, Justin Herbert within the last uh, this morning at some strategical point for the Chargers has been ruled out for the rest of the season. Uh, so if Jake Browning's not available on people's waiver wire, any other quarterbacks out there for people? Well, I, I think that Tommy DeVito would be my my, uh, my primo pickup this week. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, he, he looks good. He looks confident. Um, the, the, it's not a great receiving core around him, but Dable is able to scheme up an offense that, that makes it work. Um, you, we saw that time and again last night. So I think that DeVito is fringe startable um, in, in one quarterback league this week and, and you know definitely worth scooping if you're looking to just kind of add a little bit of depth uh, to your quarterback position. They they do have to go down to New Orleans, but New Orleans hasn't been too tough of a place to play for, for opponents th- this year. I think that was the Saints' first win at home this year, and it was against the Panthers, so it, it barely uh, counts. Um, but beyond that, Joe Flacco playing extremely well uh, uh, of late, I, or at least relative to expectations. I thought he looked very good on Sunday against the Jaguars, and now he faces off against the Bears, who, who for their own part, are playing a lot better, you know, I've, I've banked five wins in the last nine games. So they've been, you know, at least an average team defensively. They're, they're solid, but I think they're a little bit tougher against the run. So I think Flacco uh, with the weapons that they have with, whether it's Amari Cooper or Elijah Moore, David Njoku has the weaponry around him. I think to, to be, you know, in the, in the discussion, like top 15 ish type of discussion uh, for this week, uh, Desmond Ritter, I noticed is floating around on, on some waiver wires as well. He does get the Panthers on the road, so uh, that that could also be a, a spot where if you're really, really pinched at quarterback, I think it, it could make some sense. But beyond that, you know, as far as the other guys stepping in for injured or bench quarterbacks, like your Nick Mullins or your Easton Sticks, uh, not particularly interested, especially not in Mullins. Stick, there, there is a bit of the unknown factor, and it is worth noting that Stick is a pretty tremendous athlete for, for a quarterback. I believe he has the mm-hmm. best shuttle time of any quarterback in NFL combine history. So take, wow. take that uh, for what, for what you will. Yeah. A little, little uh, combine nugget. I'm getting myself in, into shape for, uh, for the combine coming up <laughs> this, this spring, you know, pouring over the numbers, but I always remembered that about him, but uh, beyond that, I mean, he had the, the really nice ball to Quentin Johnston uh, in relief of, of Herbert on Sunday, you play the Raiders. It's obviously a short week, so they're going to have kind of a, a conservative game plan for stick. You'd have to imagine you, but uh, I think he can get it done with his legs. And if he can just have that connection going with Keenan Allen, probably more of like a DFS option than anything else. But if, if you are 
uh, in trouble in two quarterback or super flex leagues. I think Stick it needs to be on the radar at least a little bit. All right, talking with John uh, John McKechnie from RotoWire.com. On to the uh, tight end position. Uh, Isaiah Likely, uh, you know, was, was certainly open, <laughs> and they got him the ball. Lamar got him the ball the other day. Uh, they play the Jags this week, and the Jags' defense has not been good at all the last couple of weeks, especially against tight ends. So I guess Likely is an obvious choice. If he's not available and people need a tight end, any ideas? Yeah, so Likely was, you know, someone that was a very popular pickup uh, after Mark Andrews was lost for the season. Um, so i got to imagine in most competitive leagues he is uh, already picked up, but a lot of people um, jumped ship on Kate, Kate Otten after his uh, goose egg a couple weeks ago, but I, I could mm. see him being worth a look uh, this coming week as they go up to, to Green Bay to, to face the Packers. Seems like Chigo Conquo, my, my guy coming into this season, is starting to show some, some pulse in this Tennessee offense. De- definitely got some work last night, and that, that's pretty pretty well in line with, with how he's been used over the last couple of weeks. So that there's a, at least a pulse there, and given the tight end landscape, I think that that's at least worth noting. Tyler Conklin is a solid tight end. Um, he's going up against a Miami defense that, you know, was on the field a ton last night so i wouldn't be surprised that you know we're we're counting on zach wilson doing doing that trick again and playing well two weeks in a row something that that's a little bit tough to count on but um i think that you know conklin is definitely worth picking up if you're looking at the tight end position and then if tyler higby is out this coming week against washington take a look at davis allen i thought that he looked really solid this past mm-hmm. Sunday, the rookie out of Clemson, he was definitely making some impressive catches against the Baltimore secondary. Baltimore lost Kyle Hamilton during the course of that game. That, that definitely changed things as far as the secondary personnel went. But Allen, you know, if for a, a no-name rookie tight end, definitely comported himself pretty well under those circumstances. So maybe someone to, to put a pin in for, for later on in the season or as like your, your late round uh, tight end option for, for drafts next season. But I'm uh, consider me a little bit intrigued by, by Juan Davis Allen. Okay, John. Uh, you know, as an employee here for the last twenty plus years, I got a little pull around here finally, so I have the next couple of weeks off. But I have an idea. Uh, how about we do a wrap up of the season after January first? I'll have uh, Kayla coordinate a good date for you. Also, um, I'm actually in a fantasy league for the playoffs, so I wouldn't mind talking to you before that for sure. So how about we do that? I'm, I'm completely open. I always love coming on with you, Bob. So uh, you, you name the time and, and, uh, and the day, and I'm, I'm going to endeavor to make it work. Definitely uh, post-January 1 it works, but I'll make myself available uh, anytime you want to talk some turkey. You know, obviously our listeners, they, they got to know about the fantasy football playoffs. We, we got to give them the good. So uh, anytime over these next couple of weeks that, that works for you, it works for me. So I'm guessing my first thought, and i got to double-check on this with everybody, but I'm guessing my first thought would be the Tuesday bef- at this time before the fantasy, uh, before the uh, actual NFL playoffs start. So that's that's my idea there. All right, lock it in. All right, good stuff, John. Always a pleasure talking to you. I guess uh, happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and all those things. (laughs) Likewise, same to you. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy New Year to to everyone, to to you and at the station, to all our listeners. 
Uh, really appreciate you having me on um, every single football season. It's always something I look forward to every single week. Thank you. It's been our pleasure, and uh, we'll continue to do it in the future for sure. Thanks. All right. Cheers. Cheers. All right. I like that. John McKechnie from rotowire.com. Nobody could ever turn down cheers you know, in many ways, whether it be a drink or a television show, which I usually, I'm not much into the sitcom thing back in the day or this day or any day, but I watch that show. So that was fun. All right. Next segment.